as a carpenter employs tools to build a home, so God utilized the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, the olive bays to form heaven and earth. These letters are the metaphorical wood, stone, and nails, corner posts, and cross beams of our earthly and spiritual existence. The Kabbalah says that when God created the world, He created the world with ten utterances of speech. Let there be light, let there be man, etc. And these 22 letters of the olive base, of the Hebrew alphabet, that make up these ten utterances, these actual letters are hanging in the heavens. In other words, these ten utterances of speech continue to manifest and vitalize the world in which we live in. And because of this, we understand that these 22 letters of the olive base that make up the ten utterances of speech, of creation, each letter has energy and vitality and power to create and also power to destroy. Basically, we are told that the 22 letters of the Hebrew olive base were divinely created by God. As it says in the first verse of the Torah, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the word es, or ace, which means the, says the Maggid of Mizrich, that the way you spell the word ace is aleph and tough. Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and tough is the final letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Says the Magid Bereshis, in the beginning, Bara Alikim, how did God create the heaven and the earth? With ace, with the 22 letters of the aleph bays, starting from the aleph and finishing with the letter tough. So because they are divinely created, so each letter has a specific graphic design representing the energy of light that comes down into the world. It also has a gematria, a number, and it also has a meaning. So we were going to start at the beginning, which is the aleph. The, the phonic of the aleph is like the letter A, it's A. But in truth, the Zohar says that the letters of the Hebrew alphabet are actually like a body without a soul. And the soul of the letters are actually the nekudos, the vowels, the dots that we put onto the letters. For example, the first nekuda is a kometz. So when you put the kumitz under the aleph, the aleph becomes a. Uh. If you put a patach under the aleph, it becomes a. Uh. If you put a cholam onto the aleph, it becomes o. Oh. If you put a chirik under the aleph, it becomes e. So the phonic or the sound of the aleph can change based on the nekuda, based on the vowel that we put onto the letter. So what is the graphic design of the aleph? The story is told that the Alter Rebbe, the first leader of Chabad, the author of the Tanya, 
and the author of the Shulchan Aruch, once called in one of his disciples. And the Altarebbe would talk melodically. And he said, you have a mitzvah and I have a mitzvah. You have a commandment and I have a commandment. My mitzvah is to teach my child Torah. And your mitzvah is to support your family. Let us swap mitzvahs. I will give you money so that you shall be a teacher and teach my son. And when you start to teach my son, you should start from the very beginning of the letters. And thus is an aleph. He said in Yiddish, what is an aleph? A pintalef an oibin, and a pintalef an untin, and a kav yirishimayim b'emsa. What is an aleph? An aleph is a dot on the top, and a dot on the bottom, and a line in between. The dot on the top represents God. Because God is indivisible. Furthermore, our comprehension of God, who is truly infinite, is nothing more than a dot. The dot on the bottom represents a Jew, or in general, it represents any human being. Because every person possesses a soul, a neshama. And this soul is like a flame. As King Solomon tells us, Kiner mitzvah v'toyreur. And he goes on to say, Ner Hashem nishmas adam. That the candle of God is the soul of man. So the soul of man is like a flame that flickers and yearns ever higher to, to unite with God. So you have on the bottom the soul, and you have on the top Almighty God. How do you connect between Man and God. Man is finite and God is infinite. So you have the line of the Aleph. The line of the Aleph represents, number one, Yiddish which is accepting the yoke of heaven. When a person accepts the yoke of God, that is the connection between man and God. Furthermore, the, the line of the Aleph represents the Torah. For the Torah, which is the Bible, the knowledge of God was given on high, it was created in heaven, and then came down to the earth. Like the letter Vav, like a slope. The same exact Torah that was in heaven did not become in any way diminished or adulterated when it came down here. It's like a water coming down from the top of a mountain into the valley. The water remains the same. And the same is true even though the Torah started in heaven, it came down to the world. It's the same exact Torah. And through the fact that you study Torah, you're able to connect yourself with God. The gematria of the letter Aleph is one. Also, if you take the letter Aleph and you divide it into the letters that make up the Aleph, you have the letter Yud on top, the Vav in the middle, and the Yud on the bottom again. The Yud on top is 10, the Vav is 6, and the Yud on bottom again is 10, which is 26. 26 is also the gematria, the numerical number of God's holy name. The tetragrammaton, which is the Yud and the He and the Vav and the He, 
equals 26. So we have the design, we have the number, and now we move on to the meaning. What is the meaning of the letter Aleph? The Alter Rebbe once said that the difference between exile and redemption, exile which is constraints and limitations, and redemption which is expansion, is the letter Aleph. Because in Hebrew, exile is Gola, and redemption is Geula. If you put an Aleph into Gola, you have Geula. So the difference between exile and redemption is the letter Aleph. How does this work? And the Rebbe explained that there are three meanings to the letter Aleph, and three levels to redemption. The first meaning of Aleph is Aluf. Aluf means master. The first step to redemption is to recognize that there's a master of the universe, a God that created heaven and earth, that the world did not accidentally come into being, but rather there was a divine plan and a purpose of why God created the world. And God is truly master, and therefore there's an eye that sees, and there's an ear that hears, and no good deed goes unrewarded, and no bad deed goes unpunished. That is the first step to Geula, the first step to redemption. The second step to redemption is the second interpretation of Aleph, which means teacher, like from the words Alavcha Chachma Alavcha Bina, or opener. Aleph means teacher. In other words, not only did God create the universe, but God gave us a Torah. He gave us a Bible. In the year 2448, after creation, God on Sinai gave us the Torah. And this Torah is a book of code. It is a guideline, a blueprint of how we are to live our lives. And by following the Torah, we are able to go from exile to redemption. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. A parent not only gives birth to a child, but a parent that truly loves a child will also educate the child. He will send the child to the best schools to give the child the tools to be successful in the world. And the same is true with God. Not only did God create us and bring us to life, but being that God is an all-merciful Father, and He loves each individual, He gave us a Torah, which is a book of teaching to guide us and to teach us how to live our lives and how to make our lives more meaningful and how to be productive in this everyday world. And this is true for Jew and non-Jew. On Sinai, God gave the Ten Commandments to the Jewish people. But he also told Moses to give the, the nations of the world the seven Noahide laws. And he told Moses to command the nations and to teach all the Jewish people, to teach all the nations these seven Noahide laws. And the Rebbe says that being that the Jewish people are a light unto the nations of the world, it's important to teach the nations of the world that God 
is concerned about your welfare. In other words, God, God is not only concerned about the human species or the human race, but that God is concerned about every single human being, every single individual. And every person is called Adam, Adam. Adam el we are created in the image of God. And therefore, each one of us has a godly soul, and each one of us has the ability to bring the world to a better place. As it says, God did not create the world to be and remain in chaos, but rather God created the world to settle the world, to perfect the world. And each one of us, every human being, has the right, the opportunity, and the obligation to create and to fulfill and to perfect this world. And that is by the fact that a Jew follows the Ten Commandments, which goes on to the 613 mitzvot, and a Noachide, a non-Jew, follows the seven Noachide laws, which are also 30 mitzvot, 30 commandments, which are also more than that when you go down into the details. So by doing these Ten Commandments and these seven Noachide laws, we are able to perfect the world and we acknowledge God as our teacher. And when we do this, we move on to the second step of redemption. And finally, we have the third step of redemption. And that is Aleph read in the reverse, which is Pella. Because every letter has a gamatria. Every letter has a numerical computation. So really, if you read Aleph frontwards or Pella backwards the gematria of the word is the same. So if you spell out Aleph, it's Aleph Lamed Pei, which equals 111. Pele is also Pei Lamed Aleph. It also equals 111. And in truth, here again we see the concept of one, one, and one. One God, one Torah, and one United Nation. And what is the concept of Pella? What is the concept of the word Aleph in reverse? Pella means wondrous. And this alludes to the teachings of the mystical, hidden aspect of the Torah, which is known as the Kabbalah, and also known as the teachings of Hasidism. And this is something that all of us not only have a right to learn, but also have an obligation to learn. As we find with the famous story of the Baal Shem Tov, the founder of the Hasidic movement, the Baal Shem Tov once met the Mashiach. The Baal Shem Tov had an outer body experience. The soul traveled to the higher realms and he entered into the chamber where the soul of the Messiah was. And he went over to the Messiah, to the Mashiach, and he said, Mashiach, a Masai Ka'asimar. When are you coming to redeem the world from exile? And the Mashiach responded to the Baal Shem when the wellsprings of your teachings, when the teachings of Hasidism, the secrets of the Torah, will disseminate throughout the entire world, then I will come. So we see that part of, and parcel to, the coming of Mashiach is the teaching of this secret knowledge. As the Rambam, Amanides, writes in the Laws of Kings, he says that when Mashiach will come, that the preoccupation of the entire world will be to know God. And that the entire world will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the seabed. In other words, 
the knowledge of God, which is primarily the teachings of Kabbalah and Hasidis, will fill the world. It will fill the internet, it will fill the web, it will fill the, the consciousness of each individual. And wherever we look, we'll see godliness. Because in truth, God created the world ex nihilo, nothing into something. And therefore, every reality in the world is permeated with godliness. Now we don't see it. When Mashiach will come, you'll look at a table, you'll look at a chair, you'll look at a, at, at a house, and you'll see the DNA of godliness in the house and in the table, how that created the table and how that sustains the table every moment anew. So this is the third aspect of Pella. When a person is able to see the wonders of God in creation, when a person is able to see how God permeates every aspect of reality, then you are truly in a state of Geula, you are truly in a state of redemption. And that is the meaning of the letter Aleph.